The irony, of course, is that Lincoln, an agricultural committee chairwoman from Arkansas, in the end made them all wait from the White House and the Treasury to the financial titans in New York City. That's just what they did. First, they waited out her primary challenge from the left. They couldn't strip Lincoln's language out. How would they look to voters back home in Arkansas? Democrats have some sort of compassion. But, of course, if it was the GOP, look what they did to Charlie Crist. He spent all of his time helping to make McCain the candidate and try to get him Florida. And now, because he's not wingy enough, they've all turned on him. A bunch of a bunch of political traitors. But then these new Democrats and, and New York uh, Democrats, because they're all tied to Wall Street uh, at the wrists and ankles, then they had to wait some more. As it became increasingly clear, they couldn't easily scrap Lincoln's derivatives plans after the election either, as they once hoped. Ooh, it was a case of the liberal base's desire to back the strict regulation of derivatives, uh, running smack into the pragmatic need for the White House, the Treasury Department, and lawmakers to make sure new rules wouldn't force high finance overseas or cause unregulated shadow markets to arise here at home. Wait a minute. The derivative trading, the negative credit swaps, and all the rest of those phony instruments are a shadow market. They are a cancer on our financial body. And who cares if this goes overseas? Regulate it. That's all you got to do. Just because somebody's over in Japan trying to sell you this stinky stuff doesn't mean they can get away with it. No. The White House owes Wall Street big time. Late last week, the New Democrats, led by Representative Joe Crowley of New York, made their move, writing a letter to Frank, uh, this Barney Frank and Christopher Dodd, saying the group couldn't support a final bill if the Lincoln language stood. Yeah, well, empty threat. Working separately from House Democrats, the White House and Treasury officials leaned on Lincoln to loosen her grip on the provision. You'd think that's a lot of leaning. Frustrated New Democrats had essentially been cut out of the process despite the strength of their numbers and a threat to cause problems for the legislation. Here comes Nancy. Pelosi, anxious to get a deal done, called a meeting in her ceremonial office just off the House floor around 7 p.m. I wonder what a ceremonial office is. Maybe that's where she has these ceremonies like, you will never be reelected again. One of those kind of ceremonies. Pelosi made clear she wanted a deal struck and soon. Done. Lawmakers went over the New Dems' proposal on derivatives and talked about the Lincoln provision and how it could adopt some of the New Dems' proposed modifications. Ultimately, according to Democratic aides on both sides of the Capitol, the final act wasn't some dramatic new offer. The trick was to get Lincoln to agree to a proposal that had been circulating for quite a while. Well, Lincoln knew she didn't have the votes to stave off the raid and certainly not the votes to go up against Nancy Pelosi. So at midnight, uh, she offered to go with the compromise. And But she she wasted no time. Right away, she talked with the Huffington Post and gave them the quote, This morning, the conference committee ended an all-night session by adopting historic financial reform that offers unprecedented protections for consumers and includes the bulk of my provision. The riskiest trading practices by Wall Street banks that nearly blew up the world economy will have to be moved to an affiliate within two years. So they've got two years to totally screw us. Well, it is summertime, Pete, and mm-hmm. uh, and you know it's summertime in those in places that are really unpleasantly hot, like the Middle East. Let's face it; it's not only hot there, but it's humid, like it is at the Gulf Coast, where it smells of oil, yeah. or on the East Coast, where well, I don't 
I don't know if you want to be there in the summertime anyway. But if you're in any of these places, I have to give this warning about the calories available in your ordinary things that you think, well, this is harmless. I'll drink this. Now, I'm, I know you're not a Red Bull man, but an 8.4-ounce can of Red Bull has 110 calories and 27 grams of sugar. But 27 grams of sugar? <laughs> That's an go. ounce of sugar. Okay, a 20-ounce bottle of Coca-Cola Classic has 233 calories and 65 grams of sugar. That's, that's two ounces of sugar in how many ounces of Coke? Uh, that's 20. Oh, my golly. Okay, now say you're going to eat, you're going to have a little lunch at McDonald's, right? You're going to get that 32-ounce triple-thick chocolate shake. <laughs> 1,160 calories and 168 grams of sugar. Well, no wonder America is so sick and fat. There we go. How about, did you even know that a a 40-ounce Smoothie King peanut power plus grape existed? No, I didn't. I don't know where to get it, it, and I don't want to know. It has the sugar equivalent of 20 Reese's peanut butter cups, just to tell you that. But if you're a Starbucks kind of person like I know I'm not, you go to uh, get a 20-ounce venti caramel latte. I'd say that was the ordinary order there, if you're in line. 320 calories and 8 grams of fat, 43 grams of sugar. How about that? These people should be punished. Now, if you're on a real health kick, I'll just, I'll I am. just, I'll kick just me. kick you, kick you. Well, I'll kick you with Snapple. Snapple, we can all trust. And him. Rush Limbaugh owns part of Snapple. <laughs> we can all trust yeah. a Snapple, right, to, to give you a 17 and a half ounce mango green tea metabolism. That is its name, green mango green tea metabolism. Somebody is it, screwing up. It's got 140 calories, 33 grams of sugar, yeah. and if you choose just green tea, let's say green tea with citrus. That yeah. sounds healthy. Sounds healthy to me. 200 calories, 53 grams of sugar. Excuse me, I, I think I have to go to the bathroom. This one's from Ariana's Huff and Puff. A Lutheran pastor ardently critical of allowing gays into the clergy, now you know what's coming next, is on leave from his Minneapolis church after a gay magazine reported his attendance at a support group for men struggling with same-sex attraction. You just you may as well just start a scorecard, look around, find out all the people in positions of power or, or that are that are communicators, that are virulently homophobic. And you know that they're struggling with homosexual tendencies at the minimum. Poor, poor, conflicted people. I mean, they really do need a support group because they're struggling. They're indeed struggling. A fixture on local cable access shows, Brock regularly broadcasts conservative views on homosexuality and criticizes the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America for liberalizing its gay clergy policy. Lavender Magazine published a story last week about Brock's quiet attendance of the Faith in Action meetings written by a reporter who falsely posed as a member of the group. Uh Uh-huh, they sandbagged him. They borked him. The Lavender article never explicitly said Brock confessed to homosexual activity. It quotes him at one point talking about a recent uh, mission trip to Eastern Europe of which he says, I fell into temptation. I was weak. Well, I seriously hope you can come to terms with 
your conflict and I hope you can work it out. And maybe you should give Ted Haggard a call because he figured out how to make it whole, how to make it right, how to become a compassionate serving Christian or whatever, and not be a raging homophobe. It can be done. So why do I always return to Sarah Palin and why even give this ignorant opportunistic quitter the time of day? Self-abuse. Could be. Maybe it's because it's it's just, it's because chronicling this fascist beauty queen is a reminder that she could have been one faulty heartbeat away from the Oval Office. Shudder, shudder. Burr. Let's start with Palin the Crook, Dave. Okay. okay? Palin def- the Crook. Palin right. the Crook. Mm-hmm. A legal defense fund set up by Miss Sarah when she was the Alaska governor, you know, was illegal. An investigator of the state personal board has announced. Okay, personnel board. Investigator Timothy uh, Pedomenos said the Alaska Fund Trust inappropriately used the word official on its website to describe it, wrongly implying Palin's endorsement as governor. Palin's attorney, Thomas Van Flein, said she will return the money from the fund, which brought in $390,000. So that's $390,000 on a mama grizzly's pocket, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thursday's findings are an outgrowth from a preliminary confidential report by another board investigator that also implicated Palin. The early report was issued less than two weeks after she announced she was resigning from office. Get out while you can, Sarah. What's an oath of office when the sheriff is hot on your trail and there's all those millions to be made on the lecture circuit? You know, they they just love this woman and she's a full-out quitter.